Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. We're doing this again. We're doing it one more time. Uh, Only one? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, I'm Andrew Harris. That's Andrew Decker. Um, yes. No, we are not going anywhere. Don't worry. Your favorite two criminal defense attorneys uh, will well, continue to bring you podcast. You're right. 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 Thank you. I should have clarified. <laughs> Um, we will continue to bring you great information. Uh, like again, today, We've twice got a month. Great information. We have such great information today. Sometimes we're being sarcastic when we say that, but today I think it's actually truthful. I, you know, and I, what I'm really excited about is is um, this is something I hadn't heard about before, uh, but I have quickly signed up. I'm now I have a login on the on the website, and I'm excited to start using their services. So, who are we talking about? We're talking about Krista Harvey. Uh -huh. and my Padilla. Hey, Krista, how are you? Hi, y'all. Good. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. So um, real quick, yeah, Krista Harvey with my Padilla. Uh, we'll get into all of that. But first, just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and, um, and tell us how you got into the law. Right. So I am an immigration attorney. I focus on crimmigration. It's a word that I did not make up. It is the overlap of criminal law and immigration law. Um, I graduated at 20 years old from Texas State, and I was not ready to enter the workforce yet, so I decided to go to law school. And in law school, I said I would never do criminal law. I hated it, and I did not take an immigration course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then I graduated, and I really needed a job. So I applied to everything and I focused on doing something civil rights related and I applied to immigration and I got it with a criminal defense firm and ended up really liking it. I was doing just removal defense. So it was a big part of my position to do criminal and immigration at the same time. And then by pure luck, I was hired for my Padilla. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. You know, I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Like, you know, I didn't really look to get into criminal defense. I mean, we've had a lot of people on this podcast who like, yeah, my dad was a criminal defense attorney. I've lived this my whole life, but you know, for both Andrew and I, you know, this, this was kind of foreign to us and for mm -hmm. Decker, at least it's his, it's his second career. Um, I thought I wanted to do real estate when I was in law school. Man, am I glad I, I became, <laughs> yeah, I found criminal there, law. There, there's good money in real estate though. Evidently but, is what I hear. Um, yeah. So, so San Marcos for college, where did you go to, mm -hmm. where'd you go to law school? Oklahoma city. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I was not happy about moving to Oklahoma being from you. Texas, but uh, quote, I sucked it up. My <laughs> oldest son, I'd rather be lost in Texas than found in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I, no. I agree with you, but it's it's still a good school. It's a reputable school, and we have a lot of people, at least in the North Texas area, with uh, degrees from OKC, um, and they're they're really good attorneys, and like you are, you know. <laughs> I like to call it the Harvard of the Midwest for people yeah. that have never heard of OCU. <laughs> hey, works. Hey, I guess it does work. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my Padilla is kind of is where you're at now, and that is that is a a company, a service. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, what, is, what, well, first of all, let's start off with what is Padilla? Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's reverse it back a little bit. Like it's called my Padilla, <laughs> but what in that, why the heck is it called that? 
It comes from the Supreme Court case, Padilla v. Kentucky. Mr. Padilla was a Vietnam veteran. He had been in the U.S. with a green card for the majority of his life. And then he was charged with drug trafficking. And his criminal defense attorney said, oh, don't worry about it, taking this plea. They'll never deport somebody like you. You're good to go. You have your papers. Don't worry about it. Uh, and his criminal defense attorney was wrong. And he got deported. And he appealed saying, you know, if I had been told about these immigration consequences, I would have never accepted the plea. I would have taken it to trial. And the Supreme Court said, you know, you're right. Your criminal defense attorney has an obligation to warn you of immigration consequences. And if he doesn't, that's a violation of your Sixth Amendment. That's ineffective assistance, ineffective assistance of counsel um, that your case is appealed. And that established the Padilla obligations. All right. Well, that's a yeah. So so it's re so this is really important for all of the defenders who are listening. As as Decker like chokes out over there. Um, <laughs> but, that, but this is like really important because if you have a client who is not a United States citizen or a naturalized citizen, um, well, that would still be a U.S. citizen. Yeah, right. Somebody who wasn't born here or somebody who's been naturalized. Sorry. Um, that any, you know, so many of the charges that we deal with on a daily basis will subject that individual to deportation. It's not a maybe, it is a certainty. Um, and so this is very, very important to know the Padilla case and defenders out there. If you have not read it, you don't know it, look it up, read it, make sure it's in your briefcase. Um, and, and that you are advising your clients properly. Right. And then if you're talking about ineffective assistance to counsel, make sure you know Strickland and what the prongs are. Yeah. And if you don't sure. call me, I know what those 1107. Yeah. Call Decker. Um, I know that stuff. Don't call, don't call me on that one, but you know, because this is so important, I, I'm really happy to see uh, a service that, you know, the service that you provide Krista. And so let's talk a little bit about that. What is my Padilla? Padilla. Yeah. Uh, so it's an online portal, basically. Um, once you get onto the website, you can create an account. And as long as you're not a prosecutor, typically I'll accept your request and, you know, the same day. And then once you have an account, you go onto your dashboard. There is a um, submit intake form. Basically, there's three parts to it. You can print it out and take it to jail if you need to. And it compiles all the data that I need to, to analyze the immigration case. And once I have all that information from you, I come up with a little memo that covers everything that the defendant should know. Um, it talks about if the charge is an inadmissible one, which means uh, you can still be allowed into the country or you're eligible to get status um, being admissible or if it's deportable, which means maybe you're, you already have your green card, but if you're convicted of this crime, you're gonna be put in removal proceedings. It's a, it's a deportable offense. So you can get kicked out for it. Um, if they're eligible for relief in immigration court, so there's cancellation of removal, asylum, any visas, adjustment of status, anything like that. Uh, if they're eligible for immigration bond, or if they're eligible for naturalization, or if they're eligible to travel, sometimes you can be convicted of a deportable offense 
uh, and maybe get away with it for a while. But when you're trying to come back into the US, you'll get put in removal, removal proceedings. So I'll say, uh, don't travel for sure. Or it could be an inadmissible crime and you won't get kicked out, but you'll be put in proceedings if you try to come back in. And then at the end, I'll come up with some sort of recommendation. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Uh, they can plea based on whatever they want. But sometimes it's, you have to keep the sentence under a year or here's some alternatives that could help that might be immigration neutral um, or if there's certain language like an assault case, um, reckless assault recently has been determined to not be an aggravated felony. So it might be as easy as just putting the word reckless in the indictment that will keep them out of removal proceedings. And it's all free for court appointed attorneys. Man, I'm sorry. I missed that last part. What did you say? <laughs> it is free because of TIDC for all court-appointed lawyers outside of the top 10 most populated counties at this time. Wow. Okay. So all of our court-appointed attorneys, so long as you are not in one of the top 10 most, or the case, I guess, is not in the most top 10 most populated county in the, in the state, you just submit your case and they will get this memo uh, that you just kind of highlighted, like, you know, is this, is this a good plea or not? And recommendations and um, are deportable and all that kind of stuff. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, so why, I mean, you said that if it's not a busy day, you'll accept it. I'm sure your team over there will, will, is like handling all of these signups and handling all of the memos and everything else. Right. Uh, no, I am the team. <laughs> Dang. Okay. So you're, <laughs> so you're doing everything from, you know, the research from uh, all the online stuff, um, all, everything. Officially. Yes. I do work with the capital area private defender service immigration team, and we kind of bounce ideas off each other and collaborate and stuff like that. But as far as drafting the actual memos and recording all the data and everything like that, it is just me. <laughs> Understood. Okay. So that, that's a, that's interesting. So how did you, you, we know that you, uh, you know, graduated young, went to law school, started at a, at a firm that did, you know, some criminal and immigration or crimmigation type stuff, crimmigration type stuff. Um, <laughs> but like what, tell us more about like my Padilla as an entity. When did it, when did it form? Originally, it was started by a woman that is much smarter than me. Her name is Julie Wimmer. She started all of the MyPedia. She worked with the tech company to set up the website. She got the original grant. She did all of the heavy lifting. And then she wanted to take a break, um, live the dream, and you know not have to work full time. So she passed over to CAPS, which is the MAC for Travis County. And she said, here you go, um, please take care of my baby. And they, for whatever reason, hired me to do it. So. I got you. Okay. So, so who actually, you, you said the service is free to, you know, the majority of the state. I'm just going to put it that way. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. who, who pays for it? How, how are you funded? I, I'm, I'm now just completely curious. <laughs> it is funded by a grant with TIDC. So Jeff Burkhart. <laughs> Was yeah, a prior guest on this show. Jeff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. TIDC is excellent. Um, 
mm-hmm. can't, well, groups like that, we would not function as a defense bar in the state without groups like that, without sure. the yeah. IDC, TCDLA, mm-hmm. yeah. and then all the local defense bars. Um, so, so you're done, you're funded by a grant. Um, and well, it's just, it's just mind boggling, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I only know of one attorney that's used my Padilla prior to us talking and, you know, Jeff was like, Hey, it really worked well. Also and another former guest on the show, right? Jeff Shearer. It's, it's a small world Yep. because what I do often is I reach out to a friend of mine, a law school friend of mine, um, and send it to him for, for a little bit of advice. And he'll send me a, a, you know, a, Hey, this is deportable. Um, probably not deportable, but likely will, uh, inhibit naturalization. Um, maybe not deportable, but may affect re-entry, you know, kind of give me a, a breakdown and, and I send him a, a small fee, right. Uh, on retained cases, but you know, on an appointed case, I don't necessarily have that ability because, you know, yeah. It becomes money now out of my pocket, not out of a retainer. Well, well I will say you are a nicer friend than mine because they have never paid me for their <laughs> quick questions. Do you want to call them out real quick on the air? I mean, it's uh, not Javier? live anything, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, this, this, this is a safe space, but not that safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Andrew, at the end of the show, we'll, we'll give everybody our, our Twitter handle. Maybe we can add them, you know, a little bit and, and shame <laughs> yeah. them online. As long as they don't send their dog to poop on my carpet, they'll probably be. That has friend. happened. Right. Yeah. I think he Larry does Bear. have a dog, but. That's okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, um, you know, or, or like, you know, Andrew will send it off to one of his friends or like what I've done. Uh, shoot. I know in the past is like, okay, this is, you know, an aggravated assault. It is deportable, you know, or I just kind of like assume like any felony, you know, it's certainly felony drug, alcohol related or whatever. I'm telling them like, my advice is this is deportable. You need to keep it in mind and assume that you're going to be deported from the country. Um, even if sometimes that may not be accurate. And on a lot of misdemeanors, there's probably some things that I'm not picking up because the federal system views that as an aggravated felony. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because there, I, I explain this a lot. There's no such thing as a misdemeanor and a felony in immigration court. They're just, they're all crimes and some of them are aggravated felonies, but an aggravated felony could be a misdemeanor in state court. Yeah. My head hurts now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm glad that I was an immigration attorney first and not a criminal defense attorney first because I, it would be really hard to adjust uh, to go the opposite way. Yeah. So on all of our plea paper, every plea in a criminal case outside of a, I guess, a class C, I haven't ever seen on a class C, but right on any jailable misdemeanor, any felony, every one of them, we have to ask, are you a U.S. citizen? Um, And then, you know, and lots of times I get a funny look and I'm like, hey, look, if you are not this case, you, you could be deported. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm like, look, I it's one of marking, but if you're not, and it's found out that you've got these, you know, this charge, you could be deported. Why is that not enough? We've warned them that there's a possibility this could change, you know, especially if you're not a U.S. citizen, could change your status. Is that not enough in 2022? It is not. 
So uh, like Padilla v. Kentucky, you have to have specific and clear advice if the consequences are certain. Um, so I mean, kind of, it might be okay. I That's yeah, not a good answer depends. from an immigration it, that, attorney. Right. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to get shunned for saying that, but that's okay. Um, but also, it's kind of your quality of representation. You don't want to put your client in a tailspin and have him saying goodbye to his friends and family because he's going to get deported when that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like what, like in the opposite, like we're just causing all of this stress in somebody unnecessarily. And that, that's just not a great way to serve our clients. And a lot of the times, there's no court appointed attorney in immigration court. So a lot of the times the criminal defense attorney is the last person that they're going to talk to before they go into immigration court and before they're in front of an immigration judge. So another good thing about this, uh, having an actual written memo is that they can take it with them and either give it to the immigration attorney if they can get one. Or if they want to do pro se, they can say, actually, I shouldn't be here because X, Y, and Z. That's a very sophisticated client. But um, in my opinion, it's a good thing to do for the client. It's a great thing to do for the client. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Especially at the cost value that we've been presented. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Literally, what what is like the negative here, you know, I mean, if, if one of your clients is not a citizen, this is like, it's not like there's an, a cost that's going to be in the con column. You know what I mean? Like there's only Mm -hmm. benefits. Right. Yeah. The, the, the only, well, at this point, the only reason I wouldn't use my Padilla would be if it's a retained client and I want somebody close who I know if there's an issue would actually take it to immigration court. Right. And and that's when I'm sure that's when I'm calling Jorge. Um, so, but Krista, if, if I do have a retained case and let's say like I quoted my fee appropriately and they have no money left over for any other attorney, is there, do do you review retained cases for a fee or is this literally just for appointed clients, appointed cases? I will answer phone calls. Okay. uh, From whomever. Okay. Um, so we can, and we'll, we'll put that, we'll put, obviously we'll put my Padilla's, uh, a link to my Padilla on our show notes and we'll have your, um, you know, your, whatever information you want to, you want to give us to, to pass out to other people for that. But okay. So, but they, but traditionally my Padilla, just think of it, your court appointed cases, referring those, you need an immigration uh, attorney to review if this plea deal or if this case is going to subject them to deportation. So just we're we're assuming now my Padilla just for court appointed uh, court appointed cases. Yes. Cool. Okay. Good deal. <laughs> so I've, I've actually had a couple of a couple of clients who some high level felonies found out that they'd likely be deportable and have self deportated. Yeah. Right. And the irony is yeah. now the now the uh, U.S. Marshals are watching the border for this person if they come back so that we can detain them and then eventually deport them again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, anyway. Yeah. Times. You know, I mean, I guess those, those things happen and it, uh, you know, there's everybody has a, has a 
a different situation going on in their life. I've had those clients as well. It's just like, well, I'm getting deported anyway, so I'm out. Right. And I'm not um, going to spend the time in custody first. Right. Um, so is there a difference, a significant difference between a documented green card holder, uh, H1V, uh, right? Sure. Or um, an undocumented person when it comes to deportation following a conviction? Yes, definitely. There's a very large difference. Um, it's a lot harder to get deported if you have a green card. Uh, and there are only certain crimes that can get you in removal proceedings and get you deported if you are documented. If you're undocumented, any crime at all can get you put in removal proceedings because just the fact that you're here is enough. Um, so it is That's sad. Yeah, I know. Uh, but the in both cases, we want to plead them to something that's going to keep them eligible in removal proceedings. So when I mean, when I say that, let's say we have an undocumented dad that has been here for 20 years. He has 15 kids. Um, one of them has Down syndrome or something. And he's, he has a DWI and I don't know, criminal mischief or something, or maybe he's, he's charged with another DWI. Okay. Now he can apply for cancellation of removal for non-permanent residents. And there's a few things you have to prove. If he gets two DWIs, then he could be barred from that for good moral character because immigration says, if you have two, D two DWIs, you're not a good person anymore. So we'll have to come up with something else like obstruction of a highway. So he can still be eligible for removal proceedings. Yeah, surely these uh, immigration authorities who say people with two DWIs aren't good people anymore have not listened to this podcast. Correct. And they don't know our opinions on DWI Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, even and, if the DWIs are 15 years apart, it doesn't matter. Yeah, gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. they wouldn't think I'm a good person either. Man, that's... <laughs> Me either. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're a good person, so... Well, yeah. So, so that, that documentation, being a documented uh, resident, obviously lower, raises the bar, so it's harder to get deported, but, but it's still possible, right? It's like Padilla, mm -hmm. when, when you look back at Padilla and go, he was a Vietnam veteran. He mm -hmm. had a green card. I think, his, I think his attorney probably at the time was truly looked at it and went, you're not getting deported. I yeah. mean, it, yeah. it, mm -hmm. it would be hard to think that someone who served their country, right. A little bit irony that he's not a citizen yeah. um, and ha has legal status would be deported for, for drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another, just a side note that really grinds my gears. Uh, even if you serve in the military, they still won't give you any papers. What? I know, right? <laughs> isn't that the reason that, uh, isn't that the reason that some of, you know, somebody who's here un with, you know, undocumented serves in the military because they think nope. that it's going to help them become a citizen? I mean, they might think that, but no, that is not the case. It puts you, if you have a different path or if you want to naturalize, it puts you to the line quicker, but it's, it's not actually grounds for any sort of documents. Yeah. Now that- 
I like how you put that. You know, you want to hear something that grinds my gears. Like, what else? I, Cause that, I mean, you know, I, um, I, I think it's interesting when people are like, you know, Oh, well you just got to do it the right way. Like, oh, you know, man, I think, that people, destroys I think people, my gears. I think people really like that really grinds your gears. So, so I think people under like, just assume that it's like a, you know, like you're going to order some food off a of DoorDash, you just click a button mm-hmm. and like, boom, all you're, you're now you're in line, you know, like, yep. or like getting, or, or getting a driver's license or like, yeah, you're getting yeah. a driver's yeah. license, but, right? You know, it's it's going to be a couple of months. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, it is difficult. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Well, anyway, so, okay. So the, the memos that, that people receive on these cases, um, do you recommend that they actually file that with the court or is that just for that's just for the client and maybe the attorney to keep in their file? I think it just needs to save the file. Um, occasionally people like to show it to the prosecutor to, for negotiation right. purposes, but I, I would say don't file it with the court because when you get to immigration proceedings, the, government attorney has to prove that they're deportable. If there's a record in their state court case that they can get to that says, hey, they admitted that they're not a citizen on this paperwork. Right. That's all they need. <laughs> case closed. So, I mean, I don't want to make it any easier on any government attorney. So I don't want anything on the record Yeah. to make that easier. To prove okay. So don't even put it on the record. Like your honor, I'm just want to be clear. Um, you know, my client is not, um, a citizen and I've gone over all of this. He understands his risks and all that. Don't put that on the record. I would not. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the odds that the government attorney is actually going to do that, something like that, but right. not a risk I'd want to take. Yeah, but they could, I mean, they, they, it's, they it's a record, mm-hmm. right? So they, they could, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, you know, we, we know some immigration, prosecutors they uh they're swamped but doesn't mean that they you know they they would they could mm-hmm. they have right. the ability well the other thing is uh, I, I don't remember which one of you said you know would you show it to the prosecutor i i'm i don't know that i would right and here's why i know some prosecutors that'd be like well they're they're not a citizen they don't need to be here mm-hmm. and especially if they're an undocumented worker um, I know some prosecutors that would be quick to quick to go get the bus, you know, like mm-hmm. they wouldn't be like, let's enter him to enter him into the system. It would be a, let's just go ahead and deport him now. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to know your prosecutor well enough. To yeah. know, are they going to be sympathetic to this person's needs or are they going to be uh, an, an antithesis well, to the needs. Yeah. And a lot of times, like a lot of time, a lot of times what I will do is, um, is kind of show it to him in court and say, but this is the only copy I have. So, you know, I'll let you read it. What do you think? And then I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send a copy to you later for your file. And if they're like, this is not going to make a hill of beans difference to me, then I don't send them the dang report later. You know, I, it's just one of those things. Like I'm not, I'm not BSing you. This is a, a, a an independent person who's given me this this uh, you know this right. this memo here. So again, that that that's a know your prosecutor, know your client, mm-hmm. know what the risk is. Um, I don't think there's a clear cut answer. Um, right. Because again, we we know prosecutors that are very anti-immigration, and we know prosecutors that are like 
hey, you know, if if it weren't for immigration, my grandfather wouldn't be here, so, right? Or mm-hmm. my mom, or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Krista, before we before we move on and wrap up, is there anything else about the services that MyPedia provides, um, or anything else you wanted to discuss uh, here on the show? <laughs> I think there is a couple things that I think every defense attorney should know that I, it's a very common question. And then something that everyone should know, and it comes up a lot and people just don't know about it. Okay. First thing is deferred adjudication is a conviction in immigration court. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Any federal agency sees a deferred occasion as a guilty because you have to stand in front of the judge and enter a Mm -hmm. plea of guilty. And expunctions don't matter. They can still see it. It still counts. What? Yes. Yeah. I tell, I tell people all the time, non-disclosures are not that great. And expunctions, I don't believe that they're real. Because yeah, mm-hmm. just because when you know all of us had to take the bar, we were asked, is there anything that's been non-disclosed or expunged? And at the bottom, it's a, we will know if you, don't, if you aren't truthful. Well, that means somewhere mm-hmm. they can see what's been expunged. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And if they can see it for the kid that got a, you know, public intox when he was 19, they can surely see it on, you know, something a little more serious. They got a not guilty or dismissed. Um, so I, you know, I, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that, um, I knew like the FBI, I still serve the FBI, um, whenever I have an expunction, but I'm sure it just goes in the trash. I, I've never gotten a response <laughs> back from the FBI that it's actually been, deleted or expunged or whatever from the NCIC, but man, that's so disheartening, you know? I know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, will they, so if it is expunged, that means that it was like a pretrial diversion or a dismissal. Will they still, even, even an arrest is going to be held against some of these, uh, some of our clients in immigration court? It can for discretionary purposes, like DACA, if you're yeah. arrested 15 times, but all of them were dismissed, they can still deny it because you look like a troublemaker getting arrested. Man. Or if you have um, like a, a work visa or a student visa or anything, if you're arrested for a DWI, they can prudentially revoke your visa. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay. Yeah. God, that's got to be tough for for a lot of these individuals. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is, it is, I think the closest that I could understand it would be to know I have a warrant, right? I can, I can, I've never had a warrant, but I could kind of see that scenario feeling like, when is it that it's, that, that the trap's going to be sprung? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think for especially undocumented persons, yeah, they they have that feeling all the time, and then anybody who's documented, who's who's been arrested or whatever, if they really kind of know, imagine uh, the anxiety exactly. they would feel. It, My yeah, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 oh man, yeah, talk about not sleeping at night. Exactly. <laughs> oh well, okay. So so Krista, you've given us some good information, but also you made my heart hurt all at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that's, this a typical conversation with you? You just making <laughs> everybody that talks to you is just like comes away with it like gosh man that hurts yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> okay. Well, okay well let's move on to something a little more fun <laughs> so we like but to sometimes get 
I get good news. Sometimes, like, I got a motion to terminate proceedings granted. So that was wonderful. a good day. That is a good day. Um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is that uh, ICE has 48 hours to pick someone up from jail. And if they don't come in 48 hours, the jail has to let them go. I wonder if uh, Tarrant County Sheriff knows that. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> From my experience, I don't think they do. <laughs> yeah. But they should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wayburn, that, we're looking at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Is there, I mean, if, okay, so if we have a client that maybe we've pled out, is there anything that we can do if they haven't been picked up in 48 hours? I mean, you can call the jail and tell the sheriff they have to let them out. Yeah, maybe like a writ of habeas corpus or something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, okay. you shouldn't need to file anything. It's it's a statute somewhere that I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's all right. It happens to us all the time. So, <laughs> listeners, what we'll do is if Krista can find that, we will include that in the show notes. Yeah, because that's we'll, I think is another important yeah, thing we too. Can, we can get that added later. Yeah. So, um, you know, we do like to hear or learn more about the the person behind the the attorney. So uh, we're going to ask you some fun questions just to kind of get to know you as a person. All right. Um, What is your favorite band or musical artist? Oh, I don't know. I mean, being from Texas, being from Belton specifically, if there's any Bell County listeners, I'm going to have to say King George, George Strait would be my favorite. Second though, would be Randy Rogers band. Okay. Got a, got a Texas country so did you actually did you actually grow up in Belton? Yes, I did. All right. Is that Bell County? It is. Yes. So it's not far from the Metroplex, is it? Where's Bell? It would be like 45 minutes north of Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've handled mm-hmm. a case out there actually. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sure it was your favorite case. Maybe I haven't. I can't remember. Anymore. My my younger <laughs> brother graduated from Academy High School. Oh, okay. That's pretty there close. Bell County. Mm-hmm. All right. Small I'm getting world. pushed out here. Yeah, you are. So um, favorite book or one you'd recommend? Right now, I have been pushed onto the Colleen Hoover bandwagon. Um, <laughs> I, but I don't know her. <laughs> she's uh, a fiction novel writer. Um, it, it, it's kind of, I, I equate it to the Twilight craze that happened in 2008. Uh, but I prefer nonfiction there's a book about generational trauma that I really liked it's called it didn't start with you Mm. oh wow but that's also kind of uh kind of a mood killer um I guess that's (laughs) kind of my theme (laughs) right (laughs) yeah nonfiction often is a mood killer if we're really honest (laughs) I I don't want you to to leave this interview thinking like, man, that was such a downer. You, you provide a lot of really great information. Yeah. This is going to be a, a great service to our listeners. For well, sure. and as we've said on many of our podcasts, this is hard work. It is hard. And there are mm-hmm. times when it is, um, we need, we need, uh, groups like this. We need to be able to talk to our partners, talk to, um, you know, other attorneys, so that we don't just crawl under our desk and hide and, yeah. and having a mypedia and having a Krista and having um, a Colleen Hoover book right, with you. Right. <laughs> I have one, no, never had. Yeah. One. Um, are ways for us to, 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 to shoulder on. Yeah. So that's true. I Thanks, do Andrew. try to make really fun memes on my Instagram page. 
Okay. If anyone wants to follow, you want us to link to that on the show notes. (laughs) I absolutely do. I am very proud of my Instagram. Uh, Andrew will shoot it out to our 10 followers on Twitter also. Uh, well, I think we have 13. <laughs> we have 13? Hot yeah. dang. Yeah, <laughs> it I don't really do hard to get I don't followers. Do yeah. That's funny. Okay, what about, uh, so our, our second to last question, What what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, um, well, the first piece of advice that comes to mind so my mom always tells, told me to marry for money first, and then the second time you can marry for love. But that is not good advice. Thanks, mom. <laughs> okay, I, so that I don't know why question. that was the Are first you married? Thing, but... Yeah, is no. this your first or second marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Never been married. Uh, I yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do well with that advice. But that's the first thing that came to mind. So. I like okay. it though. I like we'll it. Keep it. Sometimes the best advice we get is not necessarily that good of advice. <laughs> it's that we learned that's not good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure she's going to be proud of me for that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good times. Well, so this has been another episode of Andrew. Wait, what? How oh. Krista, can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to learn more? So I actually will be at Rusty Duncan this summer. Fantastic. Uh, Yes, uh, it's my birthday, so I'll be there my first day. Even better. <laughs> um, I'm doing a talk for the Bell County Bar Association in March. So I oh, I also do free CLE for any office or organization. You just email me. That's I great. have that power to create free CLEs. And do we do um, they do they reach you at like mypedia.com? Yes. So okay. I have two emails. It could be info at mypedia.com or Krista at mypedia.com. Or they didn't give me a work phone number. <laughs> so you could just call my cell phone number. You don't have um, to give that out. We can, you, we can just <laughs> stick with the email. Email's safe enough, right? <laughs> I, it doesn't even bother me anymore. I get so many calls. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Krista at mypedia is probably the easiest. Um, K-R-I-S-T-A. We will include that in the show notes uh, for sure. Yeah. Now, now I can say, now, so this, is, this has been another episode of Andrew and Andrew on yes. Texas Criminal Defense. Indeed. Um, and, and I've just checked. At A and A-T-X Crim Def Man. has 14 followers. You know, uh, Krista, do you follow us on Twitter? Um, I do don't think I uh, have gotten on Twitter recently, but I will. I will. I promise. Okay. So maybe 15. <laughs> yeah. But right now there's 14. Fantastic. But it's up. It's up. So our, our, it. our Facebook page is much more popular and that is Andrew and Andrew on Texas criminal defense. Our website is Texas crim. Def- D- wait, Texas crim defense.com. I was just right. on it earlier. What the heck? <laughs> Sorry. Y'all. Yeah, you can find us there. And then, Send us an email. Krista actually got on the show because she said, Hey, I want to talk about my idea to your audience. Um, she can, you know, it's living proof that if you reach out to us, you're probably going to end up on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Dreams do come true. Uh, <laughs> so, so that may be the greatest compliment we've ever gotten. Andy, yeah. That it was her dream <laughs> to be, on, to be on this show. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff in mm-hmm. no way ordered you to be on this show. <laughs> yeah. So I will also want you to know it, Krista was not paid for that comment. Right. Um, and you need to dream bigger. 
y'all. Got it. Thank you for tuning in on this show. There's no tuning in in podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, and join us next time. Bye.